You are listening to a podcast of Risen Savior Lutheran Church in Chula Vista, California. Growing in faith, living in hope, serving in love, all to the glory of God. May God's grace, mercy, and peace in the Lord Jesus be with all of you, Christian people. Amen. The text today is on page 11. We're in Hebrews 12. It's verses 1 to 11. And if you would follow with me now the reading of the Scripture for our sermon. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his child. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everybody undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate. Not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while, as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good, in order that we may share in His holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Christian friends, why is this happening to me? People ask that kind of a question, right? I bet you <laughs> that A-Rod asked that question this year. Do you know who he is? Alex Rodriguez, the third baseman of the New York Yankees. He lost millions and millions of dollars because he took drugs illegally more than once, and they suspended him for a whole year from baseball. He whined a lot, but he deserved it. So I suppose he could say, why is this happening to me? But, well, you know the answer. How about Nicholas Dillon as an example? You don't know him and neither do I. He's the young teenager that was sleeping on the floor with a buddy they had a sleepover. It was just a week ago at Napa. And the earthquake shook the bricks loose from the fireplace and they fell on his back. He was on his stomach and it did him severe injury. In fact, he was in critical condition as they flew him to a hospital in Sacramento for, for care. After surgery, he's improving. Now, he could ask that question more legitimately. Why is this happening to me? How about you? 
Have some of you asked that question of yourselves? My God, why is this happening to me? And that's exactly the message that I want to share with you today from Hebrews. This is just something excellent. It fits so well on this Sunday. Because if you think back again, Elijah was full of doubt. I'm the only one left. I might as well die. Paul was full of tears inside because his own people doubted that God had selected them as his chosen people, and so they worshiped idols. And Peter was full of doubt. He walked on the water, and he was amazed by that, and then suddenly he started thinking about it, and he lost his trust. So now, my friends, my God, why is this happening to me? I feel lost. I feel defeated. Well, you kids know what I'm talking about. Band-Aids? Hmm? I bet you even you young ladies here, you've probably fallen on the sidewalk and torn some skin on your knees and you got maybe even some scars. That happens. It's part of growing up, isn't it? Broken bones, casts. Hmm? That's part of life, too. But sometimes the problems that bring great tears to us when we're little children can be so easily solved when mom takes us up in her arms and rocks us for a moment and said, oh, you're not hurt so bad, and she kisses you and the boo-boo is gone. <laughs> you understand. But as we get older, the problems get bigger. They get bigger in teen years. They get bigger in adult life, don't they? For now, there are things like auto accidents, children going astray, leaving the faith, families broken by divorce, loss of a job and income. illness, cancer, cancer. All these things happen to us adults, and those are the times that people ask, why is this happening to me? That was Elijah. If we back up a little bit, I spoke to you last Sunday, the fact is that at Mount Carmel, overlooking the ocean, so picture Mount Soledad, overlooking the Pacific here in La Jolla. There, a contest, remember that? And God lit Elijah's sacrifice. It consumed and vaporized even the stones of the altar. And God said, I am the Lord. And the people cried out, the Lord is God. Elijah expected a great transformation and change of heart in his nation. How could they miss not recognizing it. But you know what happened? Nothing. The people just said, wow, that was marvelous, and they went back to their Baal worship. And the king and queen, Ahab and Jezebel, decided that it was all Elijah's fault, and so he became outlaw number one, and they said, we're going to kill you when we get a hold of you. And so he ran out to the desert and sat down under a tree to die. And then a short time later, our story took place that I read to you, where God comes to him, not in power, but in the whisper of the gospel, 
You have work to do. Stop being depressed and feeling sorry for yourself. I still have my church, and he says, my 7,000. Don't despair. That's a powerful message located there in that scripture. You have nothing at all to feel so bad about. I'm in charge. If you stop and think about it for a moment, haven't you read in the Old Testament and in the Gospels, haven't you read in the Epistle lessons, especially in Acts, of all the early Christians and the Old Testament saints that were persecuted? Remember that? May I read this from Hebrews to you? Talking about the believers, he said, Who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised? Who shut the mouths of lions, Nero's persecution, quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies? And going on later, he said, but others were tortured. Some faced jeers and, and flogging, while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned, they were sawed in two, they were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskin and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. That was a few sentences to sum up the history of the Old Testament and what was happening already in the church when Hebrews was written. Christians have been persecuted in history. Can you imagine being a Christian in Iraq, in the Islamic world today, and living there among them? They want to burn down your church and kill you. Okay? But that's not the time to say, I feel lost and defeated. Oh, no. God is still in charge and still has his church. Do you understand? Satan is not going to win. He is not. This world is not going to win the struggle against God in its unbelief. It will not. God will not permit it. But when you suffer an auto accident when your family falls apart, when you've lost your job, when you come down with some serious illness, oh, you say to yourself, God doesn't love me anymore. Why is this happening to me? That's a natural thing to happen because of our weakness of our old nature. It is the same thing that Peter did. He walked on the water and suddenly he started thinking about, what am I doing? We make foolish mistakes like that in life. We try to figure out everything. We think we have all the answers. We can plan it out so well. I know my future. I've got all my things lined up properly. My job, my investments, my vacation, my savings, you name it. And then suddenly it doesn't work out. Is that when we say, don't you love me anymore? Hmm? That's why this text today uses a simple example, and you caught it. Doesn't a parent need to discipline and correct their own children? Of course. 
And that's why he went into detail. He said, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. Don't suddenly think that when God corrects you that the world is falling apart. He's training you. Verse 6, the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and he chastens or corrects everyone he accepts as his son. Every child knows that they're going to be disciplined if they do wrong, I hope, from good parents, right? And when it happens, both parent and child realize the reason for this. He explains that. Verse 7, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their fathers? They're terrible kids. There's no discipline. If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate. You are not true sons or daughters at all. Do you get that? So, thank God that you had a parent that corrected you. Then he goes on. Moreover, we've all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a while while they thought it best, you know, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. There, that's the key. God wants you to be more holy. And that's why the Scripture says of itself that the written word, the Scripture, is there to train us in righteousness. You get that? The purpose of the Bible is training us, disciplining us, correcting us, so that our life is one of righteousness or holiness, walking God's way. And then we're blessed, and he takes care of us in the way that he knows best. And then he adds this last verse. No discipline seems pleasant at the time. <laughs> right? After getting chewed out by your dad or mom, it doesn't feel good. But later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And every adult has said that. I'm happy that my dad got mad when I did such and such, you know. I know now, I can see now that this was wrong and I shouldn't have. And, but you didn't like it when it happened. You got grounded or something. So it is kind of empty on our part to say, don't you love me anymore? And how I can say that to you is quite simple. Do you realize that when Jesus went to die, he had you in mind? Let's make it personal. You could put your name there, that he shed his blood for you, and now you put your name there. It was for you that he was doing this, for your forgiveness to save you. His motivation was pure love to help you. The way Paul expressed, I wish I could be cursed so that my people, the Jews, could be saved. That's love. So, don't you doubt God's love for you. In fact, my third point is, Jesus, I know you can help me. I know that. The Scripture has taught me that. That's why, as if you look at that opening paragraph of Hebrews on page 11, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, all the believers of the past... Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Often, Scripture pictures 
for you that you are in a race and you are to finish the race successfully. That's the whole point. So he says, fix your eyes on Jesus in, in verse 2, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus did that willingly for you. That was his whole purpose, to save you. So consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So when things go bad in your life, as he's urging you here, it's time to get tough and say, you know, God is doing this for my good. I have to shut up and stop complaining. It's that simple. If you can think about your life in that way, that when bad happens, when things come upon you that are not expected, you will be a happy person. To always have your eyes fixed upon Jesus, that this is for my good. That's the working of the Holy Spirit that gives us that kind of faith. Do you know there was just a year ago in August that Hannah Anderson went through that terrible ordeal? You remember that? I make no judgment about her, only the information that we know from the news. But you remember that she was kidnapped here in San Diego County? Her mother was executed, house burned down, and also her brother was murdered by the man kidnapping her, and she was taken up to Idaho, remember that? Just by accident, and I think God was looking out for her, somebody spotted them and reported it, and the FBI finally found them in the woods, and it ended up they shot and killed her kidnapper. Remember that? And she came home again. I do know that she publicly said it on TV that she thanked God. She confessed faith in Christ. I want to put the best construction. I don't know the next year of what happened in her life. But I am saying there was bad that was suddenly poured out on that young woman. And she didn't come home and say, why did this happen to me? God doesn't love me anymore. She lost her mother and her brother. She was kidnapped. And probably other things happened to her, too, that were bad. But she came home and ex openly expressed her faith. That's a good example for us. Bad is going to happen to you and me in our life. It has nothing to do with God not loving you. It might only the more show that God cares about you and that you are precious to him. As a mother or a father are willing to correct a child, so our Heavenly Father, more than happy to train us in holiness. Amen. Would you please rise? Thanks for listening to this Risen Savior podcast. For more information about our church, check us out online at risensavior.us.